This is Mark Pender, Senior Commentator at Econoday, with Mark Rogers, Senior Economist at Econoday. Hi, Mark. Hello, how are you doing? Okay, let's talk about what's coming up. And for the U.S., the two highlights are almost certainly the jobs report on Friday and the Fed's policy decision on Wednesday. Let's start with the Fed move and then move to the indicators. What should we look for? Well, basically, traders are going to be looking at the Fed statement Wednesday. They're going to look for basically two issues, uh, the, the strength of the economy and guidance. Uh, the latest employment report was very sluggish, and guidance currently is based on how the labor market is and on the inflation outlook. And also, there will be you know, a, lot, a lot of parsing in, in terms of whether there are any hints of slowing in QE3 or QE4. Both were stated in terms of uh, you know, no specific end times, and there's flexibility about changing the amount of purchases. So we could see some hints at language in terms of whether uh, the purchase QE3 related to mortgage-backed securities and QE4 related to additional treasury purchases, whether they're going to taper off anytime soon. Now, would that be based on their economic outlook? It certainly would. We're not going to get that this week in terms of specific forecasts, but the statement will give mention in terms of their view of where the economy is. So. Do, you, do you see unwinding uh, approaching um, sooner than later? Uh, personally, I don't think there's going to be unwinding, but what, what should be in the near term? What should be remembered is that there are long lags in terms of the impact of monetary policy. So it's completely appropriate for there to be debate about timing far in advance of when changes actually occur. Uh, the markets have to differentiate between debate versus what actually happens in the near term. Is the debate warranted uh, in the sense or to the degree that the economy, uh, we had a sub-3% GDP in the first quarter, we have slowing in China, we have Europe in recession. Um, is the expectations for this gradual uh, decline in the unemployment rate, or has anything changed with those? Uh, there are a lot of complications going on, but I think basic Fed policy is going to continue for the near term, for the next several quarters, but the debate is going to heat up. And an interesting thing happened this past week that was somewhat under the radar. That's, uh, rate, the, uh, that's the Fitch yes. rating? Yes. Fitch Ratings Agency downgraded the Bank of England, which is, of course, the uh, British monetary policy arm but it's closely tied with the Treasury. And the, the downgrade was related to the concern that basically there would be less what they call seniorage going to uh, the Treasury. And that's similar to the issue that the Fed will have to face down the road in terms of unwinding huge quantitative easing, and that is uh, 
every year the Fed traditionally, at the end of the year, hands over its profits to the U.S. Treasury. So basically, the, the U.S. taxpayer benefits traditionally from Fed ongoing operations. How but, big of how big of a uh, and a contribution is this, or has this been? I can't put a number on it right it, now, it, but it's it, it's it's been notable. It's not you know in terms of the whole U.S. deficit or budget, it's not huge, but it is notable. And uh, there could be some market skittishness about the Fed having losses ahead. It's not really going to affect Fed operations other than, you know, the numbers on the balance sheet. But the Fed apparently, and this, this Fitch ratings of the Bank of England is going to increase the debate within the Fed about not just the timing of unwinding, but how to unwind. For example, if the Fed wants to reduce the likelihood of losses, then the Fed will tend to unwind quantitative easing by simply letting assets mature. But if the Fed is aggressive about tightening and sells assets, then that's going to increase the probability that there actually will be losses. So there's going to be debate about how to unwind, which, you know, it's another story. Uh, Interest paid on excess reserves is going to come into play significantly, especially if the Fed decides to let assets mature instead of selling them. You know, what's interesting is that the FOMC announcement is going to come out on a Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, this Wednesday afternoon. And the jobs report will be followed on uh, Friday. And that opens the the door to speculation that the Fed will be peaking, uh, have a little peek at that jobs report uh, a couple of days in advance. I think that's an inevitable kind of thing that we're going to to see whether or not there's any substance to that. Well, I, I don't think that I, the BLS is very tight with its data. You know, he, the president doesn't even see the numbers until the evening before. Is so it the I, it, it's the evening before? Uh, generally, I don't, I don't think the Fed's going to know anything about it. They're not going to. Okay. Well, what do you see for the? Uh, well, well, let's see what the economy consensus is for the employment uh, report is uh, one hundred fifty three thousand rise. And non-farm payroll, not a great uh, deal, but it's better uh, than the 88000 in the prior month. Uh, that's right. Of course, uh, during the week, looking ahead, we'll get a, a peak or a potential peak at the jobs numbers with ADP's private numbers out on Wednesday. But uh, clearly, the big issue of the week, in addition to the Fed, is you know, what's going to happen with payroll employment. And expectations were clearly disappointing last month with expe- expectations of a 200000 gain and only getting 88000 So there'll be heightened concern about what the numbers will be on Friday. However, uh, the one issue 
that's hard to predict. There's always the issue of traders seeing bad news as good news. That is, if the report disappoints, traders may see the news as positive in terms of keeping the Fed on loose monetary policy. So that's going to be tricky to predict, but you know, we have to be on the alert for that. Well, how much positive impact can continued uh, loose monetary policy have? Is it, is it losing its punch? I think there's a general consensus that the marginal impact has been declining, though it's still positive. The earlier quantitative easings have certainly had major, major impact on the economy and bringing, bringing us out of recession and supporting recovery, in ter- especially in terms of uh, rising asset prices for stocks as well as home prices and in terms boosting consumer confidence. But the marginal impact is declining. Um, the interestingly, cons- uh, the low end consensus for the Econo Day uh, outlook for Friday is actually above the prior month uh, at 100,000, as, as above March is 88,000. There really is no room here for any disappointment, really, or, or any monthly weakness. I guess that would be a, a shock. I mean, the econ- <laughs> this will be the really, the, we haven't had a very many indications on April. It's, it, it's kind of a blank slate in, in this. Payroll report, and this payroll report is really going to, to show us what, what April uh, has been. Traditionally, the beginning of the housing season, let's talk about housing real quick. Uh, the pending home sales report came out with a nice gain, and that uh, points to a pickup in existing home sales, which have been uh, slagging a little bit. But still, things are moving forward. As you say, prices are up. Well, uh, is the housing sector the, the biggest hope? Is it right now the leading uh, sector right now in the economy? Uh, Indeed. Housing, even though it's moderate and actually sluggish compared to traditional recoveries, but it's still positive. And we had a modestly upbeat number for for pending home sales. Of course, one of the issues that's ongoing is how many of the signed closings, and that's, well, Signed sales, that's basically what pending sales are. They're not closed sales. So we still have to worry about how many of those signed sales do not go through due to credit problems. And in recent months, that's been a problem due to tight credit. Well, that's interesting because we were just talking about what the Fed is doing and trying to stimulate uh, borrowing demand, yet um, the housing sector uh, still says... Um, uh, credit is tight. Uh, is there what's what's how can the Fed stimulate that that lending? Well, the, the Fed is still engaged in QE four, which is making mortgage-backed securities purchases, and that's keeping mortgage rates low as well as other long-term rates. And we are seeing the impact gradually. Moderately well, actually, in terms of home prices. We had a a nice FHA number last week uh, for February. We have Case Shiller uh, tomorrow. That's right. Uh, FHA 
improved 0.7% in February. So we're looking for a nice number for Kay Schiller. And there are two key factors related to that. First, if uh, home prices continue to improve, which they have for quite a few months now, then that's going to bring more supply on the market as more and more homes you know, get out of being under uh, underwater and homeowners actually are willing to take the market price that many have said market prices are too low, I just don't want to sell. So this can add to supply and it can add to consumer confidence. So a nice case shiller number would be good for the recovery. And for the consumer confidence numbers, and we have a a report coming out uh, from the conference board for April. That will give us a bit of a heads up on the month of April. And uh, so will the uh, manufacturing reports on Wednesday. Big one from the ISM. Uh, how how do you fit in manufacturing right now? Are we how uh, that momentum that we were talking about earlier? Where is it right now? Right now, manufacturing is sputtering. We've had a string of somewhat, not hugely, somewhat negative numbers from regional Fed reports on manufacturing for April. Everything from last week, uh, Richmond and Kansas City, and I believe earlier Philly and Empire State, and then you know, we're taping midday Monday, and we saw moderately negative Dallas Fed manufacturing index. So we're we're looking forward to this week. Um, the, the PMI and the ISM numbers for April, and right now the sector is looking sluggish. And how important is that for um, for the for the nation's economy that we're getting slowing growth in manufacturing at this time? Uh, well, we need help from any sector we can get. Uh, the good news is the auto sector is holding up reasonably well. There's uh, somewhat pent-up demand, good deals, low interest rates. So it looks like the auto sector's helping, and even though it's volatile, it looks like aircraft are helping. Uh, expectations within aircraft are very, very high. Well, thank you very much. That's Mark Rogers from Econoday, and I'm Mark Pender from Econoday.